0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. Discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Overtime podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC Gig Powered Studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
2: It is the Overtime, the PowerCat Overtime podcast. You ask, we answer. It's a tradition. It's a thing we do every Friday at GoPowerCat.com. Last week got a little bit serious. I don't know what happened, Uh, but it was kind of nice when I got to the day where I needed to do production on it. I didn't add hardly a thing because it was serious. Maybe we'll be serious today. Maybe we won't. Who knows? Who knows? Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson. Got his name right this week. And Ryan Gilbert. He's in Kansas City. We're in Manhattan. We're all at home. And I have dogs surrounding me. My dogs are going to lose their minds when they ever have to get in their kennels again because mom and dad are going to work. They're going to be so confused. They are so spoiled. They're with us nonstop, and now the weather's nice, so the door's open, so they're just coming and going at their own leisure. It's fantastic. But I'm locked down. I'm not going anywhere. I'm podcasting my big butt off with both the Powercat questions over time and, in addition, the Life of Fits podcast. For a week. For a week. This is what I do now. Uh, pretty much just talk. Just blah, 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 blah. The Fridge is our sponsor. They are wonderful. Use their app, order alcohol, pay for alcohol online. You can also use their website and drive up and they will bring it out to you. It's like if magic fairies opened a liquor store, Kevin will come out dressed as a magic fairy and put alcohol in your car and you drive home. Unbelievable. Something not often said in society is, thank you, coronavirus. Coronavirus. You win that dang day. We should all be kind to the coronavirus. It's just a virus out there trying to live its best life. Let's get going to your questions from All Bass Station. Zach, will you ask us questions now so we can answer?
1: Yeah. Do you guys want to talk about what you've watched on Netflix, or is it still just uh, the same old stuff? Because I finally finished season two of Ozark. Yeah. So that's about it.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. I've started something on Amazon. I kind of like the thing about the BBC is they have a thousand shows about uh dcis like they're detectives you know and there's a new one on there from bbc based on books and i'm watching that i enjoy those they're all kind of the same but different that makes sense yeah. but that that's on amazon i've been kind of floating around my services i'm watching some stuff on youtube tv stars we get a subscription that they've got great programming and they now have a show called Belgravia, which is from the creators of Downton Abbey. So my wife's digging into that. There's an incredible PBS show going right now called World on Fire about the start of World War II. And uh, Helen Hunt, who uh, went the wrong way with plastic surgery, by the way, uh, is on that. And uh, it's we watched one episode, and it was incredibly compelling. Of course, I'm a history freak. So kind of bouncing all over. I'm not being loyal to Netflix. I am slutting around with the streaming services, and that's just how I'm going to roll. new
1: I guess I did start watching Dave on Hulu with Lil Dicky. That's funny. It's alright. I don't know if I'd recommend it, but
2: it's okay. I don't find him entertaining.
1: It's... I don't know how to describe the humor. Very kind of dry.
2: I started watching another show on uh, Netflix or I think it was on Netflix called Afterlife. It's a 30 minute sitcom from what Ricky Gervais, British, his wife dies and how he's dealing with it. And it's kind of British humor, which I, I'm a Benny Hill guy. So that that's a really old reference. So I, I've enjoyed that. as kind of a quick way to pass 30 minutes, get some laughs in and it's enjoyable.
3: I don't, don't like, I really watched is the uh, the last dance, and I'm quite honestly getting really bored of that thing. I don't know about you guys. We'll talk about that later. But
1: no, we, I didn't I'm include really any. Not. I didn't include any questions of it this week. I actually thought the last two episodes with Rodman were a lot more intriguing than the the first two.
2: I love Dennis Rodman. I you know, I started really now. It made me realize that Dennis Rodman was a character that brought me into the NBA more because I remember those Bulls Pistons games. I remember John Paxson going off. I remembered so much of what they talked about in that last episode. And I'm sad that you didn't include any uh, questions from that because I stayed up late catching up doing my homework because I put (laughs) it off to the end like I always did in college. I was up to about one watching three and four. But again – they're hopping around, got confusing. Dennis Rodman's on the Pistons yeah. now. He's on the Bulls. Yep. He's back on the Pistons now. He's on the Bulls, and it's like, come on! Oh, he's with San Antonio for this one. Oh, now he's back in the Pistons. It's like, what the hell's going on? It's, it annoys the hell out of me. Um, the content is compelling. The production is really disappointing. Uh, the storytelling Bingo. is awful.
1: I think I think that the production quality is great, but I think that the storytelling is is bad i think that i can kind of see like it's like they tried merging two different stories they wanted to tell they want to tell the michael jordan story but they also want to tell the story of the pieces of the 98 team and i kind of wish they just wanted to build this, how the 98 team became the 98 team and and i think that if if that's what they it's called the last dance that's what it is but i think that that the expectation that this was going to be this amazing Michael Jordan documentary. I think it's kind of falling short of that. I think it's just, and then they don't know what they want to make it.
2: I agree. How many episodes are there? Do we know? It's going
1: to be 10. So there's six more. God, how are they going to do that? (laughs) There's so much fluff in there. I mean, how many more key pieces though, do we have until we get into the, the season, I guess. I mean, certainly we've got to hit, you know where they're actually just talking about the season and i'm sure the last couple episodes will be the finals and the playoffs and
2: from a storytelling standpoint you know, why didn't they just go year by year maybe build up the bulls pre michael as michael's at north carolina and tell that and then the first season and kind of and then get into the yeah. ten, you know and you can get 10 episodes out of that just stick to the story yeah. we this yep. last episode we saw four different head coaches, didn't we? Four different head coaches, right?
1: Yeah. And then you throw in Tex Winter, and while, yes, I understand who Tex Winter is, I feel like that's going to be lost on a lot of people. It just He kind of shows up, and you're just like, wait, who is this guy? Uh, you know, like, yeah. And, like, if you have the context, and if you understand basketball and the triangle offense, yes, you know who Tex Winter is, but everybody watching that, I feel like that's just kind of going to be glossed over a little bit. I don't think they gave that enough time to explain it to someone who's never heard of them, you know? I think that it's just it's like they're on ADHD and they forgot to take their Adderall.
2: Uh, I agree. You know, Can you imagine asking players such as Harden and Westbrook to run the triangle? To not have the ball <laughs> in their hands all the time? Because that's, that's what bores me about the NBA now. It's just like I'm the star. I have the ball. I shall shoot the ball, even if it's not the best shot. And I know this guy shoots better from three-point range than I do, but I'm going to take the final shot because I'm the star. And I just find it boring. And that's what made the Bulls compelling is that they started to play this beautiful team basketball, spreading the ball out around, and yet Michael Jordan was still the guy you had to stop. And when things were on the line, he would rise up and make plays, but out of an offense. So, I don't know. It's... They they botched the storytelling, yeah.
1: period. I know you've – back to Harden and Westbrook, I know you said that. And that's more kind of when they're both separate. They're back together now in Houston. But, man, that Thunder team from 2011 to 2012, they should have won the finals. I know it was against LeBron's Heat. But, man, that was one of the best teams. KD, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Tabo Cephalosha.
2: Give some tight.
1: I know that that doesn't ring any bells for anybody, but he was <laughs> – He was my favorite. He was the glue guy that got 10 points and started, but she didn't really hear much from him. Mm -hmm. But I loved watching that team. They were such a good team. Anyway, starting with with real questions from users from Eric Black TV. During the coronavirus lockdown, what have you done to pass the time that you never considered doing before, or at least never taken the time to do before?
2: Well, uh, I started a podcast. Which is weird to say because I, but I up until this I had never considered just doing a podcast of me calling people and talking to them. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of just so simple. But without the coronavirus, I would have never felt I had a position to just call up Greg Sharp or my buddy Johnny Kane up in Detroit and just talk to him. I, you know, and I just talked to Andrew Smith the first coronavirus case in Manhattan and Riley County. We talked about everything under the sun and it was an incredible conversation. That would not have happened before this. We just wouldn't have had a niche for it. And I feel like this opportunity has created a way to stretch our boundaries as a website a little bit and provide you with something a little different. And and as I've been saying, content that isn't necessarily K-State driven, it's just driven by a K-Stater, me and and the people I know. So, I hope to get more athletes on. Just trying to get a hold of them has been a real challenge because uh they're they're probably getting a lot of things like this pushed their way. But uh Zach, you took up knitting Tell talk about that.
1: I did not take up knitting, but yesterday I did start <laughs> uh I subscribed to Beachbody on demand and I started uh, T25 with Shaun T. Yeah.
2: What? You're going to be so I'm, hot?
1: I'm so sore, but I'm going to look so good and July, hopefully if I mm. keep it up and I diet and don't go to McDonald's and Chipotle and get Chipotle delivered three times in a week because uh, that did happen last week, basically Good job um, mm, Zach yeah, beach so body. I'm very I'm very sore right now, and yes, it's called beach body. I don't think my body's gonna look very beachy, but if I can lose fifteen pounds around my stomach, I would be very happy. Your stomach. My
2: stomach—it's <laughs> like made of sandwiches. Stomach,
1: sure, but it's mostly burritos right now. Okay. Like they're just stacked in there.
2: Gills, uh, have you? I don't understand what you're doing. You work delivering pizza pies uh, for Conglamo Pizza, um, and <laughs> uh, you don't watch Netflix. I mean, I feel like you're up to something. Like you're cooking meth, or uh, you're like stealing people's identity online to pass the time. What crimes are you committing during this coronavirus lockdown?
3: Forging people's signatures on their pizza receipts—that's
2: beautiful. I love that. Um, Give
3: myself a little extra tip. Yeah, I like. You feel me?
2: Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, They they leave rooms for an extra zero, and they were asking for it. That's my theory.
3: Yeah, but other than that, I mean, just schoolwork and and Pizza Hut, you know, really, I haven't picked up anything new. I, I'm, a, I'm a boring person, man. What can I say?
2: That's going to make for great podcasting. I, I do forget that you are still going to school. You are, <laughs> I, you haven't flunked out yet, right?
3: Not yet. Knock on wood.
2: You know, the recommendations from the Purdue president were really interesting because he was talking about even if they come onto campus, they need to really look at more distance teaching. Do you really need to be in class three days a week? You know, can, can there be more independent study? We meet on Mondays and here's what you're going to do this week. And we'll have a, I'll have a YouTube presentation up for Wednesday and you need to watch it. Then we'll all meet up and have a quiz on Friday. You know, maybe more of that kind of thing that yeah, people don't have to be in the same room all the time with each other. I don't know. I, I, I'm I intrigued well, if we learn things from what we've had to do here.
1: What bugs me about online classes, especially through K-State, is that and not like right now, how they shifted to online, you know, taking online classes. And this goes anywhere. It's more expensive to do online learning than it is to go in person.
2: No yeah. sense. No sense.
1: It doesn't make any sense. They charge you an arm and a leg to go in person. They charge all four limbs to do it online and it, it requires less work it you're not meeting in person it just it makes no sense it's completely backwards until they fix this problem uh and maybe it is to discourage i think so. online learning let's make a lot of you money know? off um, it
2: if we got to do it
1: yeah it's like it doesn't make any sense to me
3: with the coronavirus with the the big you know lectures with hundreds of people in there you do not need to interact with your teacher, professor at all. So I think we could easily see those going online. Um, And then you go to the smaller 10 or 20-person classes, that's when it's hands-on work with your professor, and that's not that large of a gathering. So I think that that could stay because if you're looking at it just from coronavirus standpoint, you're not going to be spreading it too much from that. And then going on to the hundreds of people in a big compacted area, that might not be a thing, not only because Corona, but you also just don't really need to be there with the professor at all. You listen to him, you take notes, you do your homework, and
1: that's that. So, I, I think we could really, honestly, see some changes from this. Yeah. Was Gil, Gil? It sounded like you were karate chopping something, right? Yeah. There. Were you were
2: you, doing, were you? Are you doing some karate on the side? Is that your secret <laughs> thing?
1: I'm practicing my
3: signature right now.
1: <laughs> I'm not doing anything. I don't know what you're
2: talking oh, about.
3: Okay, whatever. <laughs>
1: Conspiracy. In fact those those four hundred person lectures though, I just I picture uh, like the Big Twelve Teleconferences with Joni and press star one if you want to ask a question and just having having some <laughs> be moderate moderator there. Ryan Ryan Gilbert from the back of the class has a question. <laughs> Ryan? How'd you know I sit hey, in the back you, of the class? Hey, hey professor, how you everybody sits in the back of the class. Come on, man. <laughs> you know what I
2: learned from speaking to classes uh, the few times at uh, Doc Smothers, Smothers. Smothers, Smothers. Dr. Smethers, Smether. they had come in and speak to like in the big Kedzie lecture hall. Um, mm-hmm. When you're standing down there, you see the people in the back. You look over the people in the front. So you're not being, you're not hiding in the back. That's who you kind of notice the most when you're standing down in front It's the people you kind of, they kind of hide when they're down in front because you look over them. It's weird. Hmm. Plus, uh, I envision everyone I, naked, and that's weird, too.
1: I like social distancing from my professor. That's what I did.
2: I did that, too. Always I, in the back. I, I was so worried about the coronavirus in the 80s, I just didn't even go to class. <laughs> wow.
1: That's what they called it back then? It was called the coronavirus? Uh, it was called something?
2: It was called the PAPS, blue ribbon virus back then, because we didn't have corona.
1: No, Not not what I was going at, but okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> from KSU Cat eighty. Uh, what are your favorite K-State sports stories, and what is your favorite sports
2: story? Oh, my favorite sports story, you know, it was one of those, I was talking to Drew Smith. He was talking about covering the the Tyson-Holyfield ear-biting fight when he was in Vegas. That's that's a cool story. My cool that's story cool. is covering the, what year was it, when Chris Weber called the timeout and didn't have the timeout in the NCAA championship game because I'd been covering KU in New Orleans, and they'd been beaten in the semifinals. I stuck around for the finals. So I was sitting there, and I remember looking at the columnist to my right and saying, holy shit, he just called a timeout, and they're out. And he goes, they are. So I was. that's, that's my uh, cool sports story from covering stuff. The best K-State memory I have is the press box in the 2003 Big 12 championship. When the meltdown started to happen, because between the national media and the Oklahoma media, everyone was so convinced that this was going to be a blowout, not a game. And listening to everyone on their phone scrambling with their editors, because they had produced material, you know, they win and they're going to the national title game, and that, this story's written for the front page, and Woo-hoo, stop the presses! And it was all dead, and they were just all in mass panic amongst the media trying to sort things out. It was rather entertaining. And then uh, I've talked about it a lot of times, the memorable moment in 05 with the bombing at the Oklahoma K-State football game and that whole weirdness, not being able to get to our car two hours after the game because it was in the area that was locked down and we had to be searched and they had to come check our car for evidence, which basically meant material. The guy blew up. So he's... Yeah. He, that's parts of his body were all over the like the band bus and everything was covered in goriness but yeah
1: that's one of the wildest games I've ever been to but you don't really remember like I was just in the game yes there might have been some sort of explosion we heard but you know I think a lot of us just kind of played it off as being oh that's just the ref roughnecks with their guns down in the other end zone you know just they're shooting their gun or something, you know, but then they come over and they say, Hey, uh, nobody can really leave the stadium right now. We've got, like, I think they said a law enforcement incident. I think it's what they were calling it on the radio as we left too. they were just like, uh, avoid these areas. And we're just like, huh, come to find out later what happened. It was, it was interesting. Um, my favorite case state story though, is definitely, uh, the streak ending in, uh, 2008.
2: Yeah, that's hey, a good
1: should, one too. Even even the one where they ended it in in uh the long one in in uh in Allen uh the overall streak where it wasn't it was home and road. It wasn't just just the home game streak. That was fun watching that on TV, you know, Saturday afternoon. Um I was in 7th grade. It was just It was just kind of that fluke thing, and it just happened. It was really cool to watch unfold with a team that isn't going to be remembered as ever being very good. Um, Some good pieces, like Cartier and Clint Stewart, but other than that, it really wasn't anybody.
2: But I think both Sweet 16 games, you know, that advanced case 8 to the lead 8, are really memorable. They were really good
1: games.
3: Yeah, yeah, both of them. I agree. My favorite sports story, do you guys remember that Nebraska punter who passed away? Mm-hmm. Um, in a car accident and then um, they were playing Fresno State. I was actually there. Uh, please don't kill me. I was at a Nebraska game, but I was there and uh, you know, they uh, have uh, it's fourth down. They're going to punt and then they have an empty backfield and then they take the delay game in honor of that player and then Fresno State declines it. And then at the end of the day, Nebraska slips away from Fresno State and they win the game. But that I get goosebumps right now thinking about that. That was you know something really special um, to honor that guy. He also Uh, I think it was a Michigan State punter as well, passed away in that car accident with him. So really, really special there. That's for Kansas State, man. I don't, you guys kind of hit everything that was memorable. Um, I love seeing Rodney Magruder become a a solid role player um, in the NBA. You know, just seeing him for years have to work at it and work at it. um, That's the definition of hard work. We always talk about it. So uh, Rodney Magruder is really awesome to watch him. Uh, get, a, get a nice deserving spot in the NBA.
1: Yeah, I guess if we're talking like in-person memories, though, too, like I went to Kobe's second to last game. It was the last road game. Me and my brother, we drove the four hours down to Oklahoma City, went to the game, and then drove all the way back uh, that night after um, just to, to go see him. You know, I had never seen him, so it was it was cool. And um, it was more than just a Thunder game. Yes, the Thunder were clearly going to win. You know, Katie was still there. Russ was still there. It wasn't a great basketball game, but just everyone was cheering for Kobe at what like thunder fans, you know, everyone in that arena, it was just chance of Kobe all night. It was, it was cool to see, um, an opposing stadium, you know, cheer. So, so much for another player, I guess another moment for me, like that was when, uh, Miguel Cabrera, he won the triple crown, And he didn't get a hit in Kansas city, but they pulled him like in the fourth inning, but it was cool seeing that, you know, big round of applause and standing ovation for him, um, you know, being the visiting player, just stuff like that. I love seeing just, you know, it's more than the game. It's, it's about the sport and, and, you know, recognizing what you're seeing on the other side of that though, my most favorite time I've had in the stadium was when, uh, the home run derby in 2012. Robbins and Cano getting booed out of the building. That's <laughs> awesome.
3: Uh-huh. That was great.
1: It and they changed the home run derby rules after that saying, yeah, we need to have a home guy from Ohio power cat. We introduced him on the questions podcast this week, but welcome to the overtime podcast. If you were a graduating high school senior, would you wait a year before going to college when things are hopefully back to normal, wow. or would you start in the fall with online classes?
2: I would wait. That's a great question. I'd I'd gray shirt. <laughs> I'd academically gray shirt. I probably if I had some way to make, you know, ends meet, I'd want to have the full college experience. I don't know that I'd want to go and be socially distant during college. That kinda defeats it you know yeah. it depends on what you're after i mean if you're an engineer or you're going into medicine or something it's about the learning i was a journalism person so i was the social experience was very important to my growth as a young man and and my college experience so yeah that's a good question it's a great question
1: what i would do and if i could go back and do college again i would probably would have done more of this but i would exclusively do online classes through a community college through Barton something else get all of those credits that you know you're going to need yep. and just knock them out just start now just knock them out get them done it's online and then just, just go to college you know even if it takes you 4 years to to do it you know i think people are going to understand I don't think anybody's even now. I don't think that anybody bats an eye at people taking five, six years to finish an undergrad degree. You know,
2: particularly if they're have working. fun. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, have and, to work to get through.
1: And one of the, you know, a lot of people, a lot more people are starting to take a gap year after, after high school before they start college. I think that you know this is kind of the perfect opportunity for that to become more of a trend. You know, like I've said in previous podcasts about. You know, coronavirus changing our the way we do things. I think that a lot of people would want to defer, you know, a year and, and enter in in 2021 in the fall right. versus doing it now. I think that it'd be beneficial. I don't think that you're going to get the full college experience if you try going uh, late August this
2: year. I just I don't. think that's brilliant to just take your, you know, those base classes online with the community college and transfer them to kansas state after that you can't those classes won't transfer to a lot of universities but in the state of kansas they will so it's not a bad idea at all
3: yeah you're saving thousands of dollars man um
1: when you're doing that zach i I wish i would have done the same thing man yep from king jim 77 let's hear the wildest conspiracy theories that you just can't help but believe in a little bit This has easy for me. And I hope they get into it on the last dance.
2: Go. What is it?
1: Michael Jordan was not retired from basketball. He was suspended
2: oh. for gambling. Oh, wow. He,
1: he was suspended. And they mentioned this in the, in his 30 for 30, Jordan rides the bus when it covered him playing baseball. And it was very brief, but they did mention it that, uh, that you know, George, Michael Jordan's a gambler. I don't think that's any secret there. But um, that he wasn't—the conspiracy is that he wasn't just taking a break from basketball. That was mandated. That was that was not his choice. So he went, goes, plays. Oddly enough, or easily enough, in the Chicago White Sox farm organization. You know, it—it's just it's—it's it's very convenient. You know how he ends up in baseball the way he does. And he's able to stay, you know, somewhat relevant doing so. uh, And then comes back to the bulls and unretires. I just, I think that there was, he just didn't after three, you know, three world championships. I don't think he just packs up and says, I'm nah, I'm done. I'll wear the 45 in a couple of years. I don't think that that was, (laughs) I don't think that that's what, what happened. I think that he was, he was told, Hey, here, You're not you're not playing
2: that's a good one. Gills, you got any conspiracy theories you like?
3: No, I don't have enough free time to go into that stuff, so <laughs> I don't have anything
1: really.
2: man. uh did you see that the Navy just released uh UFO videos?
1: Yeah, I did see that. and I think the reason they did it was because the video had already been released outside of the military right. and they released themselves to just say yes this is what we have. This is legitimate video or we don't want you to question the authenticity of this video, but yeah, it was interesting. What's the video? Is
3: it
2: just a light yeah, or folks, yeah, what? what, have, what have, there's yeah. like,
1: yeah, there's, I mean, Jet there's three o- with, or two, yeah. Yeah, two or three objects that are moving very quickly that the, that the, was it Navy, Navy pilots? They didn't, they didn't understand what, they didn't know what it was. So, you it was know, it could have been a drone. It could have been another country, but I'm sure there's an explanation for it, but
2: if if you want the wild one, it I'm absolutely a believer that uh those UFOs, unidentified flying objects are real. A lot of them have been fake, but there are real. The source of them, I'm not sure. I think that a lot of it is our own military. I think we have technology that we don't recognize publicly. Um yeah, but I think the world knows we have it, and that's why they probably are a little bit timid, messing with us at times. Um, but I think there's unknown sources too. That's my wild one. I I don't know that. I'm not arrogant to think that in this wide expanse we're the only ones here, or the knowledge we have of science is, you know, all complete, even near it. And there might be people that. Or beings that can travel from spot to spot much quicker, I'm, I'll buy that. I'll buy. I'm not not going to rule it out. Um, also, could be time. You know, it could be someone moving between time. It's humans, but from different parts. I'm I'm into all that. I I'm open to all that. I'm not saying that's what's happening. I'm not just going to yeah. discredit it. The one that I am convinced is true is a conspiracy theory, uh, and was. Somewhat confirmed when Becky and I went to the Mob Museum in Las Vegas, an incredible place in Las Vegas. It's the old courthouse, three stories of the incomplete history of the United States mafia. Um, and as you're walking out, the last video playing is people from the mob talking about the members of the mafia that had the Kennedy brothers killed because they turned on them. And if you know your history, The last votes in on the night that JFK was elected were from Chicago, which should not have ever been the last votes in. And it gave him enough votes, just enough votes, to win Illinois and thus win the election against Nixon and become president. And then Bobby Kennedy immediately launched into investigating the mob and trying to break up organized crime. And their own money, their father, had been— a smuggler of alcohol during the prohibition. So his money was built through the mob. Their entire family fortunes built through the mob, and then they turned on the mob. And I believe the mob killed him. That's my conspiracy theory, and and you can't convince me otherwise. You can come up with other theories. The Soviets did it. The Cubans did it. I think there is very strong evidence that organized crime uh, killed JFK and then RFK.
1: Uh, I enjoy back to the UFO thing. I enjoy conspiracy theories like that. Not that I necessarily believe them, but like the Roswell incident, um, you know, all the stuff on that. I I love the theory that like area 51 isn't the, the secret alien base that like, that's the, that's the base that you the government wants people to think is where they keep aliens and stuff but then like there's these secondary bases like there's one possibly like in utah but the one i love the most is that there's like this this base in new mexico and i guess that it might even be like if you're looking at a map like on a on a plane like on the navigation it's just like this black dot because i remember one of my friends who was flying and he was flying with someone and they said what is that And I'm like oh you don't want to know what that is i guess he was like previous military or something but it's like Possibly the spot in New Mexico that's like this, like nine-story, like underground base of just like haunts and whores of aliens and monsters and whatnot. I'd love to. Be- I'd love it if it was cool or if it was real, but I, like it just it's so ridiculous. But stuff like that and like the Denver Airport conspiracy yeah. that it's yeah that's what I was going to mention the, for the New World Order. One. Um, But. Just stuff like that is, is interesting. But I do – one, this isn't really a conspiracy theory that's that's anything, but I do believe that the U.S. government has things and is working on things that the president, regardless of who it is, that is kept secret from the president. Right. That he does not have any control, is not working on it. Like if he asked about it, he would not be told that it, it exists.
2: Yeah, I think the big lie of – Uh, military wasting dollars and they don't know where this money goes is a lie. I think they know where it is. It's just off the books and what they're paying for to study and research. I think that's Area 51. I don't think Area 51 has anything to do with, you know, the aliens there or spaceships there. I think it's all high-level secret research on projects that we just don't know about and we know the area exists, they guard it, and people fly from Las Vegas into that area every day for work. They fly mm-hmm. in, they fly out. And that and all that. so I just think it's a high level research area and they don't want people finding out what's going on.
1: Yeah, I think I think they worked on the F-35, the new plane that the government spent billions and billions of dollars on. Just stuff like that is just, it's more of a, I think, an aircraft development base more than anything.
0: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master new skill.
1: Moving on from our conspiracies to Estonia Cat. I bought a PlayStation 4 to help get me through the quarantine time. What games should I definitely check out?
2: Young people, answer.
1: Take it away, Zach. Uh, see, I, I included this, knowing that I'm probably the resident gamer here, but I'm, I'm a very casual gamer myself. I don't play the crazy role-playing games or anything that's not quote-unquote popular. So right now I've been playing Modern Warfare. It's the best. If you played, if you've played Call of Duty, this is the best Call of Duty game since Black Ops Two, probably. This is, this is as good as it gets. It's an amazing game. Um, if you're into sports, you can't go wrong with playing Madden, FIFA, NBA Two K. You know, every year, the, the new sports game is is as good as it gets. Uh, if you enjoy that, um, that's really all I can help you with. Rocket League's fun for a little bit if that's kind of one of those games that kind of crosses into to being a gamer. Um a lot of skill there required to play that, but you can play Minecraft if you're if you want to build stuff and you just be creative, I guess, but if you're a nerd are, if you're a nerd uh but but Call of Duty is pretty much where I'm at right now. You can play Fortnite. Fortnite's still popular. It's free. Um Call of duty Warzone, which is part of modern warfare, but that's a free element and that's their battle royale. So very similar to Fortnite. Um, but battle royales are pretty popular right now. If you want to try to find one of those apex legends is also, I haven't played it, but it's very well reviewed. So just kind of depends on what you want to play. If you want to play a shooter, if you want to play sports, if you want to do something else. Oh, GTA five is like 15 bucks right now until the end of April. So I've actually thought about buying that cause I never, actually played gta 5 all the way through that'd
2: be grand theft auto
1: yes grand theft auto uh very illegal crimes speaking of grand theft auto and you can't do it on on a console but like on computer there's a lot of these guys that they've created this like cops mod so like you're actually playing you can either play the cops or the bad guys you're just rolling around and you actually can like arrest people and just play as cops. It's obviously not an official game mode, but it's just funny watching stuff like that on YouTube where these guys are just playing as cops in a game that you're supposed to commit as many crimes as possible.
2: See, kind of funny. Gills doesn't need to play that game. He's living that game in Johnson County. (laughs) He's out there doing all kinds of grand theft auto crap, crimes upon crimes upon crimes. And when pulled over, he always has a pizza in his car. Sir I'm delivering pizza.
3: <laughs> Some of these the people at pizza tell me to put that on top of my car just for the reason that you won't get pulled over because an officer will let you go just because you know you're you know, I'm 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 working on the front line
1: in the in the streets of Joko. Yeah. yeah. You know that's really an interest that would actually be a really good conspiracy is can you get pulled how how fast do you have to go to in or before you get pulled over wearing a pizza having a pizza livery on your vehicle? yeah it's a good question it's a great question moving on to riley gates he asks a question who's that
2: who what uh
1: the username is riley gates first time first time
2: question right here
1: first first time first time long time (laughs) uh i see i see businesses now doing alcoholic drinks to go if liquor stores were shut down and you could only get your alcohol from one restaurant what would it be and he gives an example like a Nancy from So Long, you know, beer on tap, a fishbowl from Fats, you know, where, where would you go to get your alcohol?
2: Uh, well, golly. I mean.
1: Well, one that of the fridge supplies. Yeah. I mean, but that, that requires
2: <laughs> you uh, ordering things that need to be mixed. See, I think the key ingredient in every drink I enjoy is my mouth. So, I mean. How am I going to just buy a bottle of bourbon from uh, from Tanners? How am I going to... I mean, I guess I need absolute citron and, and lemon and a little Sprite and water and I'm good. I mean, I'm a simple man. Give me some Pacificos. I'm a simple fella. I don't need fancy margaritas or fish bowls or any of that. I guess if I got one thing to go... I would probably order a crap load of martinis, lemon drop martinis from Harry's, and go broke. But I would be so drunk it wouldn't matter that I was financially ruined.
1: Nancy's do sound good, but like, I kind of want to just go to like Chili's because I go to Chili's enough as it is. You can get that Presidente margarita, you know. You can get all your beer you need. I mean, it's still a it's still a full bar is a full bar, you know. know. So.
2: Why do you need to order Nancy's to go? It's cheap beer with pineapple juice. Make it at home, you lazy boobs.
1: Right. I just, I don't know. You got to go with like something mixed though. with like a a margarita or like go to Coco Bolo's and get a margarita from there, you know, like that'd be great.
3: If I was down to one place, I would go to cause on Thursdays for 50 cent wells. Oh, if it's for the rest of your life and you can only go on Thursdays for that deal, I don't know. Stock up that for the week? Out.
1: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's not a bad uh, value option there. So, yeah, is that's
3: it for smart. taste or is it for your
1: wallet? That's the question. I, that's what Thursdays are, right? Is it about taste or is it about wallet? Uh,
2: I'm going to pass <laughs> exactly. on the alcohol they're pouring for 50-cent drinks. I'm going to pass on that.
1: You don't like rubbing alcohol, Fitz?
2: That's <laughs> yeah, the I, best. My, my liver... Is more finite than that. It needs to it needs soothing, well purified and distilled liquors, not rubbing alcohol that still has like chunks of old tire in it.
1: Moving on, moving on to Dr. J fifty four. There are some Manhattan questions here. Do you want me to list them all or do you want me to just go one by one? I think going one by one will probably be better here. Yeah, let's do
2: it. One of them
1: Okay. So what is something about Manhattan that really surprised you when you learned it?
2: Well, I don't know. Dude, I got you. one. Go.
1: The I think it's called the Elvira Show. It was this pilot that was shot. Um, I don't know if it was a spinoff of Bewitched or something, but like it had this talking cat. Essentially, it was just a pilot, and, and it didn't get picked up. But you can watch it on YouTube. But they kind of make some Manhattan jokes in it. Um, not really anything local enough, but it's kind of interesting that that's where it was going to be set, Manhattan. So it would have been cool to see it get picked up. But they had this talking black cat that essentially got translated over into Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which came out a, few, a couple of years later than that. So it was kind of, like, morphed into that. So it was kind of interesting, an interesting fact there, I guess. Not really anything about Manhattan itself, but fun Manhattan trivia there.
2: Yeah, I think all the stuff that, you know, I kind of know because I was a tour guide on campus for Manhattan, you know, f- during during my college experience, I knew a lot of Manhattan history that, you know, were known as New Boston because that's what it was supposed to be. But then, a, yeah. you know, a, a barge of New Yorkers got stuck out here. They are heading towards the Junction City area and they were convinced to stay. And the bargain was they could rename it Manhattan. So, um, but yeah, I mean, none of that. No, uh, I, I'm surprised to find out that uh, Ryan Gilbert's a criminal, but that's not necessarily Manhattan. that. that <laughs> kids, that kind of spreads across the state, probably connected to a lot of crime, a lot.
3: That's why we're on lockdown right now. Yeah. Right. Trying to solve this stuff. Keeping you, Keeping you safe. <laughs> I got yeah. something really important here. Okay. Speaking of Johnny Caws, I learned when I was in Manhattan that Johnny Caw was actually a, a mythical creature or a, right. what do you call him?
2: A fable. A
3: folktale. Uh, a folktale. Uh,
2: folk a folktale,
3: sure. That's a great. Folk, I learned about folk that. A So, yeah. Shout out to Johnny
2: Cause. Yeah, someone created that, and then they named their bar after it, and we've got a giant Johnny Cause su- in our, our park.
1: I'm surprised how long it took for someone to capitalize on the Johnny Cause name for any business, whether it's a bar or not. But you can't deny that Johnny Cause being – is an incredible name for a bar. In it that is. Manhattan. It really is. Uh, like, I'm surprised how long it took for somebody to, to come up with it because I don't even remember. When was Johnny Cause erected in – yeah. In City Park, he said, All right. is it the 60s and the 70s? <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: 1955.
3: 1955?
2: Did you look at that? That's what
3: it, up? it says on the wiki, yes, sir.
2: Ah, gotta believe the wiki, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Oh, okay, it, it says really 1966
3: is. was the construction, but it was oh. created
1: okay. so in '55. The tale, the folk tale, I guess, was okay. a story the folklore behind it was created. Okay. So it was the sixties. So So it's it's
2: possible. It's possible at some time in the near future, we will have at the other corner of city park, the K-State mask statue.
1: Oh, (laughs) shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Go away. (laughs) All right. Another question. What is something about Manhattan you would like to see changed?
2: I'd like more daily flights at the airport. I feel like Manhattan could have more daily flights. But damn, my hometown of Salina got into it and stole the Denver flight. I feel like we're spinning yeah. our wheels here with airports, small airports an hour away from each other fighting for customers. It just kind of sucks. I mean, it seems like Manhattan would have been a good hub for that. I mean, you're, when you're in Salina, you're you're an hour and a half away from the Wichita Airport. I, an hour away from Manhattan. I don't know why they got a central air service in Salina. I don't understand that at all.
1: I don't even know if it's part of the Essential Air Service it anymore, is. but I know that is it. Yeah, well, it I know was Salina's. Originally. Okay, well, I think Salina themselves are subsidizing the flights for the most part. Yeah. That they put up the money. I think that the flights that go through Hayes. I think that the Hayes aspect of it. I think that that probably is Essential Air Service. But it it really didn't help. I know that the airport director in Manhattan wasn't particularly thrilled with uh, with Salina picking that up. No, I mean uh,
2: this airport would be it'd be really helpful to this entire region, Salina included, if it also had yeah. Denver and maybe, you know, I don't know, some kind of east coast or Atlanta, you know, anything like that that got you to out into bigger hubs all around the country. Having Chicago yeah. and Dallas is wonderful, but you'd like to be able to go west and probably south. And there's been a lot of talk about one of the DC airports getting a flight because between the United States army and now in bath, there's going to be a demand for that on a regular basis. And it's government money that will pay the the quicker purchase. They'll pay the big dollars that you pay when you buy a ticket late.
1: Yeah. I just looking at, you know, it'd be, yeah, I'd love to have more flights and that's probably the same thing. I'd change more flights, but this, the real, the realisticness of, you know, where they would go and what airline it would be. It's just kind of hard to, put the pieces in without seeing, I guess, what the demand is for these final destinations.
2: And I wish Tuttle Creek was clear. I wish Tuttle Creek was, you know, just its foundation leads to it being a really murky, muddy lake. Yeah. I wish it was a pretty lake. It's just not a pretty lake. It's pretty to look at, but not to be on.
1: I agree. Um, I wish there was another golf course. Really? I'd probably, I'd put another golf course somewhere. Not necessarily that it can sustain it, but just... I think that the country club is a little too short of a course and a little tight. Not, I mean, I still like playing the country club. Don't get me wrong. And I hope that the country club is here for years to come. And then I think on the other end, I think Colbert is just such a different golf course to what I guess I want to play. I'd love to see something a little more walkable, but on that same challenge scale, I guess a little longer of a course, um, but something that isn't so drastic in elevation change, and so much you got to hit it 250 yards to this spot if you want to be safe, or you're going to be in the native grass, just less trouble, I guess. But still being a, a decent championship level course, something that you could actually host a you know either a college tournament or a, a you know maybe a professional tournament. But Colbert Hills is a terrible golf course for having any sort of hope of. Having a professional tournament out there. It's just you'd have to use golf carts at some points of it. You couldn't walk the whole thing. It, it'd take six hours if you wanted to walk it.
3: I would have there be less road construction,
1: which I guess I would change. I would want
3: uh, better roads. Um, I'm getting really sick and tired of all that construction.
2: Yeah, it's constant, just constant. Yeah. Um, I'd probably build garages for Aggieville and. I wish Aggieville was a bigger district, you know, a little more diverse, and went another block or went out to Bluemont, something. I just kind of wish Aggieville had been given its full opportunity to to develop by city government instead of being restrained all the time.
1: I'd love to see a thousand to fifteen hundred capacity uh, like concert been done in Aggieville. Like, I agree. Like something where you can just you can have that kind of up and coming. I don't know, country star, pop star, whatever. You know, someone that resonates with the college generation. Kind of like what the, is it the Grenada in Lawrence? The Grenada, yeah. Grenada. Oh, I'm sorry, Lawrence. Uh, you know, something similar to that, just to where you can actually get concerts coming in because. Lawrence literally has concerts every week of somebody that's yeah. decently famous and K-State gets maybe one or two concerts a year and usually one or two of them, you know, all of them are usually those country up and comers that probably wouldn't even play in Lawrence anyway. You know, just kind of playing to the stereotype of being a, an ag town, I guess. Um, next question is what's your favorite place to eat in Manhattan that has never been a sponsor of the podcast?
2: They were never sponsored the podcast. I mean, it's Taco Lucha. They've and sponsored Solong. us. Yeah, they've yeah. sponsored us on the magazine side, but Taco Lucha and Solong are still places I go to. Um, and Wahoo is a sponsor. Mm, Bourbon and Baker. Wine Dive. Mm. Those, those ones. And, of course, Chili's. Chili's is always delightful. <laughs> Zach and I like Chili's way too much. <laughs>
1: um, as far as the local place goes, I probably wouldn't have said this five years ago, but... Cocoa is right now for me is probably my favorite local spot to go. Um, I used to not really like going there that much. I'd still eat it, but now, especially drinking like $5 margarita crafts on Thursdays, I think they have the price, but, you know, it's, and with the covered patio, even in the winter, it's nice and warm. It's, it's a decent spot to, to go to. Um, Always like Cox brothers too. I know that they're basically the same, uh, same parent company there, kind of like So Long and Taco Lucha there, like Fitz said. But, uh, you know, stuff like that. I like that. Obviously Chili's. Right next to
3: everyone, everyone uh, Chains, Toco Bolo's is I Some of my best memories as a kid coming to games in Manhattan. Um, my family loves Rockabilly. We always go there on game days. Um, the foods, I don't love the food, but just kind of the memory, um, the small little atmosphere in there. Uh, I really have some good times there.
1: I hadn't eaten there until like a few months ago. I think one of the last times Spitz and I went out and drank in Aggieville, I went down to Rockabelly to go drink and hang out with some people for a bit. And I hadn't really been in there much. Even when I was in college, Rockabelly was never a place to go to. But now kind of my trends and tastes have changed. And I love going to Rockabelly. It's it's such a fun little bar to go to.
2: Love that place. Love it. That's a perfect answer, Rockabelly.
1: Last question of the podcast and last one of the Manhattan questions. What is the most beautiful place in nature in or around Manhattan?
2: Pillsbury crossing is awfully cool. <laughs> just the cons of is pretty. I don't know. There's I, yeah. that drive between I've, Manhattan and council Grove. I love it.
1: Yeah. It's, that's probably any, any place where you can go through the Flint Hills and you're experiencing the elevation change and you're just kind of out on a back road. I think that that's, that's kind of cool in nature um, I love, I love just kind of like sitting in one of the valleys around Manhattan and just kind of looking up around and seeing the Hills and how they're flat. Um, I love going up kind of, kind of top of the worldish. Um, I think that's a cool place to just kind of look out and see, you know, the city and just kind of how it sits kind of in this bowl surrounded by these flat topped Hills. Um, I think that's kind of cool. Um, I've never been to Pillsbury Crossing. That's probably my biggest uh, Manhattanite sin, but I never see, I never picture Pillsbury being like this cool place in nature. I just think of it as this place where everybody would go to drink in high school and college and just kind of get kicked out by the cops. So that's that's how I associated it with <laughs> That's
2: it, Very good. That's the Powercat Overtime Podcast. It was long. I hope it was delightful, but it is done. Go about your life now, people. Go mingle with your family, but stay away from strangers. Don't trust them. Just they're Just put a mask on and scowl. That's how we should need to handle this. Just scowl a lot. You've been listening to the PowerCat Overtime Podcast,
1: presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. PowerCat Podcast, all rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and
0: Spirit Street Publishing.
1: On May 23rd.
0: I want to go back to normal.
1: What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil, returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? dokie. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have vision somehow. Make it stop, make it shut up. <laughs> You're not gonna
2: survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount+.